welcome to the Productivity Podcast. He's back again, I think fourth yes. appearance now on the podcast, Simon Fraser, current job title, VP of Customer Experience Strategy at InMoment. Hi, Simon. Welcome back. Uh, thanks uh, for having me back. I, I feel like I'm a friend of the show now. Some might say. <laughs> Some might say. <laughs> anyway, so it's been, a, it's been a while since we last chatted about customer experience and clearly a lot's happened in the world yeah. since, since then. Global pandemic, war, rising inflation, all those other things that are kind of going on behind the scenes. And we'll, we'll touch on some of those today. But first, kind of give us an update from what you're seeing from your wide range of clients in terms of trends that are coming through post-lockdown. Clearly lockdown was a difficult time and we behaved differently. Is that continued? Is it changing? What kind of things are you seeing? Yeah, I think I think we're seeing a, a return to what was going on pre a pandemic um, the consumer behavior has kind of adopted or adapted back to the pre-covid times um, but we've got a new normal and you know the, the the sort of the thought was well we'll get through covid and then the world will be fine well it's obviously not and you've mentioned um, you know we've got Ukraine we've got cost of living we've got inflation so the topic has turned very much from how do we get through the pandemic to actually now we've got the repercussions and new stuff happening post pandemic that brands are having to think about. And that's from both a customer perspective, but also from an employee perspective as well. We all know how the two things are very intertwined. So how well employees are being looked after, it has an impact as well as how, how well customers are feeling um, looked after. I would say that the priorities for customers have changed. If we think during the pandemic phase that there was obviously you having to draw customers out away from digital into physical locations and what was on their minds then was around sort of reassurance, um, certainly hygiene, um, social distancing. I think there's been a switch now to actually people wanting experiences. Um, if they're going out, then actually don't so much worry about those factors worry about delivering against your promises, delivering against the reason why I've entered your shop, your restaurant, your bank, um, and give us that sort of, uh, that, that product um, element has, has become to the fore now in comparison to perhaps during the, the pandemic when it was a case of just getting through it. And you, you talked in there about kind of employees. So mm. are you seeing more feedback in some of the data that you gather around employees or is it still focused on some of those kind of hygiene factors you talk around yeah i think first of all there's a recognition um that we're seeing the the voice of the employee and tapping into the mood of the employee Mm -hmm. has gained um in importance so we're seeing a lot more um, programs which are combining ex so employee experience with, with cx with customer experience and trying to get the sort of the full picture there and learn from employees and is that because we now don't see them on a day-to-day basis so i mean we were talking before you went to the office yesterday once a week maybe now twice a week and then client meetings so oh certainly let's think about retail and hospitality you probably have to go to the environment every day because it's a shop or it's a hotel but other organizations now are much more uh, disconnected dispersed yeah um, that's a really good point. I hadn't thought of that, but um, I think that that making sure that you're demonstrating that you value your employees, that you value their expertise, and if you're not getting in front of them as much as you were previously, 
ensuring that there is that continuous pulse uh, of feedback, both in and out. Um, yeah, that, that absolutely makes sense as a, as a driving force for, for that need for connection. But also, I guess the environment, you know, we, we, we're talking about the great resignation or the great reshuffle, however we'd like to describe it. I think that has probably spooked um, employers um, quite a bit. Um, we're seeing um, in the market, you know, massive shifts of, of uh, employees in and out of, of businesses. And in some industries, it's actually quite hard to recruit and retain as well. So demonstrating that you value um, your employees, not just through higher wages or other perks, is are you listening to them and are you transforming their feedback into actual action that they can see and also customers can recognise as well? It it comes back to some of the stuff we've talked about before with James Ball from Purpose Mm -hmm. around getting back to your values and purpose and living and breathing them or realigning them based on what whatever the future holds. And we've talked about the new normal before, and I'm not sure there is one. It just keeps evolving and evolving. It's just not yeah. not, not normal or just It's different. not the normal we have. No, and, <laughs> it, and it never will be probably moving forward. And I think change is always afoot, isn't it? Um, but it, it comes back to aligning that, I think, doesn't it? So there's only so much you can do in terms of pay rise, and we've seen mm. lots of the grocers go above Certainly national living wage, lots of people eradicate the 25 boundary and pay everybody the same hourly wage, but you can't keep doing that sustainably. And, and, and even then, though, the wage growth isn't keeping up with, yep. with the cost of goods as well. So, yes, there's been certainly investment in employee wages. And, you know, we would have read in the last couple of weeks around the co-op uh, putting quite a lot of the I guess the blame as to their drop in profits. I think there's 57% drop in, in their profitability, partly down to supply chain, partly for the fact that they're having to pay their shop colleagues more. Yep. But back of, back of store warehouses, supply chain, all of those are, are increasing, um, and, and having that impact on profit as well. So you're right. It can't be sustained forever, but the gap widening again to prices is going to be a problem. So, so we're thinking about colleagues more, which is good in employees yeah. and helping them feel like they're valued. As you say, part of part of that is driven selfishly by the kind of great resignation as well. I think of retention rather than churn because mm. we bring someone in, they don't stay, they go somewhere else for more pay, costs a lot of money. Some of that's invisible, but you've got the training cost, the uniform cost, the disruption cost to where they work, then the disruption when they've mm. gone and trying to backfill. Are you seeing any different behaviour from customers that's getting recognised? So are we all going out and still being nice and considerate and, you know, in that in that kind of mantra of when we all clap the NHS and all the services or have we just gone out and thought, right, all bets are off, let's do what we want? Yeah, I, I we are seeing in um, the, the feedback that we collect and also the feedback that we ingest that there is a shift towards a lot of customer feedback on other customers so this comes down to the fact that we've had this disruption. Some of how we, I guess, have, have behaved and we've all been locked in our houses, we've perhaps forgotten what it is to be considerate to others, to other customers and to, and to, and to employ, uh, you know, colleagues as well. I think there was a spate of posters on social media. I think Greg's was one of them. Dunkin' Donuts was another with posters saying, please, 
be considerate towards our teams. You know, they've turned up for work. Yep. You know, there's there's no excuse for, for poor behavior towards them. If I think in leisure industries, um, you know, thinking around entertainment such as cinemas, that there is feedback from customers around the fact that other guests at those cinemas are not being considerate. They're, they're, you know, we've been stuck at homes, looking at our screens, looking at our phones at the same time, and we can't break that habit when we're now going along to cinema screens or we are disrupting the enjoyment of, of others. So um, this, this causes, again, <laughs> businesses and brands some challenges around having to intervene, um, certainly having to sort of reinforce and re-educate what the expectations from customers, sorry, to customers is when they're entering their premises. I don't think that was such a big topic. I know there's always been. Yeah, yeah. There's, al- there's always the point one percent. <laughs> yeah, but it just seems to be a swell of that in comparison to, to the pre-COVID times. Yeah. And some of that must be linked to current vacancy rates, sickness rates, based on the fact that everybody's swapping chairs in some of those organizations so that there's almost a we're doing the best we can as a business with what we've got we know it's not enough in terms of people therefore you might have to queue longer for your pasta you might have to queue longer for your uh, cinema ticket or the auditorium might take longer to clean or not be as clean and you've explained got... that in a very considered way unfortunately yeah. we're quite emotional yeah if we think about um the easter holidays that that we're in at the moment that airlines airports yeah you know, the, the media attention around the fact that they're perhaps not being quite ready for the fact that a new normal has appeared. We're all desperate to leave the country. Um, if you think that lots of those um, airlines and airports have furloughed people or, or made people redundant, it actually takes, back to your point around training, you can't just suddenly become someone who can operate in that environment. Yeah. You need to be trained. You need to go through security, think about airlines and airports as well so it's going to take a little while hopefully by the summer when i do leave the country (laughs) this will all be sorted i mean it'll be a great experience but i don't i don't know how how whether we are patient with the experiences that we're having in that environment in the way that perhaps we were during covid when we're all in it together i think we've lost a little bit of that yeah and if you think back to pre-covid You'd walk into your local supermarket, your big one, they'd have a bank of 20 checkouts, self-service, self-scan tills. There'd be, I don't know, 10 people on the checkout, maybe there's 25, and you'd get impatient. Mm. The fact that they've got all these checkouts, but no one to man it. During COVID, it was all fine because, you know, the, these people are working in an environment where they're at risk and we're only allowed out. So it was a different trip because it's the only place you could go. I think we're probably back to that place of, why have you only got 10 people on when you've got 25 checkouts? I think a lot in that in, in that example, a lot of people will take out the other 15 checkouts in the future. Yeah. yeah and, and then my experience is, well, you're doing all you can because you've only got 10 checkouts. Yes, I've always been fascinated by that ratio that if you have a load of checkouts that are not operated, that is much worse than having fewer which are yeah. filled. Um, that's the way that we think. But, um, and yeah. you just look at it, Aldi and Lidlow, you know, less checkouts, always busy. Like my last trip to Aldi, they were queuing right back down the aisles. It was almost difficult to shop, but every every one of their six checkouts was manned. So it's almost what else can you do? Hmm. Well, yes, you could put self-checkout in. It's not their model particularly, although I think they're, they're kind of coming around and looking at that. 
but I was much more forgiving than when I went in the big supermarket and there were queues and there were lots more checkouts on man. So it's a, for me, it's a perception thing and maybe we flip back to that. Maybe we've not. But, but on, the, on that Audi point um, around their, their checkout model, um, certainly we've seen that actually when they can recognise that a customer is in need, they will start to help pack again so it's not a case of everything going back into trolleys so even that you know they are having to adapt and consider this the the personal needs of the customer in front of them so they're almost breaking away from that model um and and making it a more personalized or subjective experience than than they would have done before but perhaps that might be as a result of covid that they're looking at that again okay and i think they they use a slightly different model they've got some technology which tells them when to open and close tills Based on people coming through the door and people in the store, it kind of the computer says open till three, open till four, close till three, close till four. So I'm, I'm sure anybody right. anybody that's shopped there, you've had that experience where there's you've been stood there and think, why are they closing that till and opening that one? Mm-hmm. So that there's some magic that happens with technology to tell mm-hmm. them when to open tills and, and when to close tills. Yeah, because actually the timing of doing that so it's visible to the customer is important again we've done studies in the past that um, with retailers that actually the the sight of a long queue will mean that customers will abandon yeah and so exactly what that's exactly what i did on my last trip because i I had one thing and i thought you know what it's not worth it Mm. now my bigger challenge then was how do you get out because they barrier off all the checkouts (laughs) with the trolley and talking of frustration points that i then had to put a pound in again because they put the pounds on and and so they brought that back. I'm they? not like the queen by any stretch, but since lockdown, I very rarely carry cash because mm. everything's just card. It feels quicker, mm. easier, you know, less contact with stuff. So um, turning up and finding out I had to then go back to the car and find a pound. I was, and there was about three people that I saw do it at the same point. I was thinking, how many, how many of us three are just going to get in the car and drive off before? So the biggest, the biggest friction, frustration was before we'd even got in the shop. Mm. As for Christmas, Simon, I'll buy you one of those uh, little plastic tokens that you can put into the trolley. So you don't you used to be able to spend those in, um, you used to be able to use those as pounds in machines, you know. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we, we digress. We digress. So clearly, um, as part of COVID, there were lots of routines that were broken. Yeah. So people stopped gathering um, customer experience data, maybe gathered it differently. Again, you- well, certainly, certainly a, a huge <laughs> increase in interest and um, uh, looking at digital as an experience, clearly, as, as, yeah. as that happened um, during COVID. And are people kind of back on board now and settled back into routine of capturing that data, doing something with it? Are people looking at different options? I know kind of we've talked about this video in, embedded workflow, which might be interesting for people to hear about. Well, yeah, so, so a recent experience, um, my son recently turned 13 and... Um, has he come out of his bedroom since? Or is he like- <laughs> well, no, unfortunately, what I bought him um, <laughs> has meant that it's even less likely that he leaves his, his bedroom uh, now, which is um, I went on uh, online and I wanted to buy um, a computer screen, a, a gaming screen. But obviously, being a good parent, I'm like... It's also got to work well for his for his homework and things like that, but we know what he's mainly using it for. And being busy, um, when I went online, it was out of um, retail hours. It was about 7, 8 p.m. And Curry's PC World are now offering um, this virtual assistant that you can click on a tab, and it basically dials up 
um, one of their colleagues. Now, sometimes that colleague might be in store, but I guess given the fact it was out of hours, um, I had a, a, a colleague step in and, and offer me advice. I thought it was an amazing service, but there's a, there's a couple of clunky elements of it. So imagine you go into a store and you're offered advice. You'd probably then go and buy that product. Yeah. But our online behavior is, okay, you've offered the advice. And they actually put the product into the basket. And I was like, yeah, but I want to read the reviews. I want to... See if I can get it cheaper somewhere well, else. <laughs> no, I, I made a promise that, that, that I wouldn't do that. Um, and um, so I said, well, actually, can you leave it in there? I need to step away. I need to look at it myself, probably have a conversation with my, with my wife um, about it. Um, and she said, that's fine. But when you dial back, can you ask for me? No, it's just, thought, it's just a commission-based thing, is it? I, I'm, I'm assuming so. So I took about, I don't know, 10 minutes, read the reviews. Yeah, this is definitely the one that I want. So I dialed back. And this time, um, the, the, the previous colleague's video didn't come on. This time, the colleague's video came on. And it's a bit disconcerting. It's a bit voyeuristic. Yeah. That you can see them, but they can't see you. So okay. I don't know whether in time they'll make that more of a two-way thing. I can also understand why that might not be advisable. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so we waited five minutes whilst he tried to locate this other colleague and he was pinging her and she didn't join the call. So he then had to take on the transaction and he had to start it from scratch again. Um, so, you know, no doubt he got the commission or whatever it was. Um, and, you know, job done. Um, I think it's a good experience. I can see why it is something that, that will become more ingrained. He, he said, you know, if I'd phoned up at 3 a.m., someone would have picked up and, and spoken to me. So it's a 24-7 selling opportunity with advice for high ticket items. I think that's really good. I can imagine if you've got a pool of colleagues waiting for calls at a fairly nascent period for this sort of virtual yeah. assistant, I can imagine that's probably not the most efficient and effective use of colleagues' time at the moment. I imagine it's a little bit costly, but I think if it becomes ingrained, becomes more well-known, I could see that that, that taking off. But yeah, it brings up a few points, really, I think, and some of this comes back to the whole Uber Eats, Just Eat, Deliveroo culture of, do we really need things accessible 24-7? And so, none of those are profitable. No, exactly. <laughs> and and that, that comes back to the point here. So at three o'clock in the morning, I wake up and decide I need a new computer monitor. Well, Curry's PC World, in this example, must be paying an hourly rate because otherwise they'd be below minimum wage and clearly paying a commission or some incentive for those people to sell because... I suspect there's a higher conversion once you put it in the basket and had a conversation with somebody. It's kind of there. I've done the odd work. You just feel put, a little bit guilty. Yeah, just so put you, you can stop that. Yeah, now. just put your card details in and we're done. Yeah. So I think there's there's a bit of that. But do I really need anything that desperately at, at three o'clock in the morning? And it, it it's back to some of the brands. I know we talked about kind of um, Aldi doing some stuff uh, during lockdown with was that delivery? Delivery, yeah, which they've um, since ended. Yeah, Boots are starting to play with that kind of stuff. But I get back to the point. I don't know, maybe I'm getting old and I would say I've got grey hair, Fradney. But um, I don't know if I need anything that desperately that I want somebody to deliver it. And some of the stuff, 
can't be in a good state when it arrives and I might be doing it a massive disservice because it might not be particularly warm when it started the journey so it's got to get mm. to me and 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 but I know there's a generation of people that live and die by it I'd rather get in the car go get it do it or think I'll get it on my next trip yeah so the the, the car piece is interesting because I was, I was talking to um some American colleagues around this exact scenario and they said that it just wouldn't work in the states because people like getting in their cars, they like driving, and they like going to these big out-of-town yeah, shopping and places. I suppose distance is tricky as well. You're not going to get on your bike in America and ride down the freeway, are you? It's the, the, whole, the whole setup's different. Yeah, the, the whole setup's different. I do wonder whether um, something that being old enough to remember the last recession mm-hmm. um, by quite some considerable uh, time, um, that economic conditions do impact customer Behavior. And I'll give you the example of the fact that 2008 through 2010, um, the big out of town grocers were the ones that, that did really well. Yep. And there was a number of different factors for that. You could get everything under one roof. You could do it in one trip. You could probably, which would be important at the moment, get much cheaper fuel yep. in the, in the supermarket forecourts. Now, I wonder whether we're not quite in a fuel crisis at the moment. But I think decisions will be made on how best to use that fuel, which could therefore see an increase in these sort of digital hybrid solutions. There is also the fact that I think businesses have recognized the fact they don't need to have everyone in a specific place. So if you could have some colleagues who are covering the whole nation rather than being the local Curry's PC World store, then that's probably a good thing. So yeah. I think this will take off in the UK for a number of different reasons. Yeah, and it, I think we'll get back to the supermarkets are all savvy, aren't they? So they'll get back to offering coupons. You know, if you spend over £100 on food, you get £5 off a litre of fuel. We'll get back to some of those yep. discounts because clearly why wouldn't you? And drives advocacy, drives footfall, drives repeat spend, and I'll just fill up while I'm here. So you kind of get that halo effect of everything yeah, it'd be, it'd be interesting to see how that takes off. I can see a, I can see a time and place for it. I'd still can't quite get my head around twenty four seven for some organisations. Yeah. Um, but if they can make it pay, make it work, make sure the colleagues are, are paid correctly. The the yeah. the, the truth's yeah. all in the sales, isn't it? Mm-hmm. At some point, someone will look at it and say, "We do nothing between these times. Turn it off between then." Or actually, this is all amazing and we're doing really well. Who'd have thought? Yeah, I probably sit in a segment of shoppers who don't shop a lot and typically leave it to the very last minute for birthdays. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. see that peak at fragrance on Christmas Eve. Um, and you have got a bunch of people, I suppose we need to recognise that, that are night workers that will need that. You know, yeah. you've got people yeah. that are that working when we're asleep and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, so there will, there will be a, a segment of it. It's whether, I suppose, somebody takes that market and consolidates it or it's all just company by company that, that make those decisions. But but time will tell. The, the tech sounds interesting. Yeah. So, um, yeah, as I say, I think um, if you go on the, 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 the website of the company who's running or providing that tech, they work with some very well-known brands. I'm sure there are other suppliers out there as well, but we'll see. And any other things on your mind in terms of where the future's heading? So we've got this video-enabled work flow any other any other bits that you think are going to start to come through or you you thought did and got held up by the pandemic and are now starting to surface again so i think there's a there's a number um 
if I think of the, the conversations that, that we're having, um, the, there are topics and solutions that kind of came into their own during um, the pandemic that um, now other companies are looking at. So I talk about buy now, pay later. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's fascinating, at least to me, that you know, buy now, pay later came as a solution to solve for the fact that many consumers go online and buy more stuff than they're actually going to keep. Yep. So to you know withhold being impacted on your credit cards, buy all these products, you can do this deferred payment. So hopefully by the time you've got your refund back, you've never actually paid yep. any of those deferred payments. Um, you know, in the news you can see that next MS, John Lewis, all looking at deferred payment schemes. Well, Klarna, is it Klarna is the big, one of the big ones you see on... The Which site. is the, I think is, is the fastest growing or the, the, the most, the highest value technology solution in the whole of Europe, that mm-hmm. Klarna, and they're entering into retail banking. And then you've got like some Monzo who are then entering yeah. into, into their world as well. So I suppose the risk is in a world where costs are going up that you get back to, you know, if more interest rates go up, cost of living goes up, people rely on these more and actually do you get more people defaulting? There's a huge, uh, there's a huge issue with the fact that a lot of users of Klarna, et cetera, don't still recognize the fact that this is credit. Yeah. Yeah. It's not free money. (laughs) Yeah. So, so that's, that's, that's one that that I'd call out. Um, I think thinking about the role of the high street, thinking about, retail and ensuring that it is as delightful and surprising an experience yep. as possible. Recently walked through um, from the shopping center through to the high street, through um, a store and a, a fashion store. And it just had zero ambience. It just, you know, there was very little going on that I was actually questioning as I was walking through, why would I rather do this than go online yep. and, and purchase and I think in retail, I'm not saying everything has to be like Harry Potter when you go into a store, but boring retail is going to continue to be, uh, you know, an issue um, unless that gets fixed. So they've got to think about the experience again and thinking and about emotions. It gets flushed. Not just about, you know, it gets flushed out there, doesn't it? So mm-hmm. Debenhams are on the high street, House of Fraser are, are diminishing their number of stores. We've seen places like, I think, TM Lewin are in their third round of administration. Mm-hmm. So you, you can't escape by just refinancing and selling. You've got to wake up, change the proposition, understand why people, why you're relevant, why you aren't relevant, maybe what what channels are your strengths. Maybe it's, you know, TM Lewin need to be in John Lewis. Maybe that's their, their channel. Maybe they need to be a virtual company, well, not a bricks and, and mortar. So you've yeah. got to find your spot, but being in trouble three or four times, I think there's something in the news as we talked today around Ted Baker again. And I think they've been on the cusp of things a number of times yeah. and you know they for some people the go-to brand but for other people not not relevant so uh, yeah it's um you, you've mentioned now well, marketplace i mean asda is famous for this at the moment yep. for having multiple brands all under one roof but one of the most interesting crossovers is the primark greg's yeah still can't crossover. i can understand i can yeah i can understand where it works one way i'm not quite sure i want a greg's hoodie um 
And I was a bit disappointed the last time I went into Greg's that they weren't wearing the Primark clothes. I thought that was an obvious mm. crossover to sell it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, then you look online on social and then, um, you know, the, the trainers that Primark did, the Greg's ones were some hot sought after collectors thing. So yeah. who, who am I to, to do it a disservice? Yeah, no, so I, I think, yeah. And, and having, is it like um, Asda, I think, sell Boohoo. So having online only in your store is an interesting move but it's also the other way around i think we've seen in the in Tottenham primark again that with their website the, the the plans are from what we hear that you'll be able to go on and check the inventory um you know is that item you know might be a licensed um, bit of clothing from disney is that in my local primark store and having that open inventory is something that I know we've talked yeah, about it's a, it's previously. It's a big, big challenge with that. It's being. A, it is a big challenge, but but Primark are leaning into that, and and obviously not considering you know e-commerce as of yet, but they are bringing in digital yeah. and making that more of a connected CX experience. Back to you know, if you're thinking from a retail perspective, what typically delights customers beyond the product is people, but they're always going to be the first under the lens in a cost of living um, (laughs) uh, moment like we're in at the moment. So um, yeah, make sure that you're not denigrating the experience you deliver by constantly cutting back on the amount of shop shop for colleagues that that you've got on on, available for for customers. Yeah. And it comes back to some of the work we're doing with, with certain retailers at the moment of what can you automate Um, even being bolder than that? What can you stop doing? You know, and there, there will be a point, I think, when certainly those retailers that get it will be turning off the lights and, you know, the robots will come to town. There'll be a robot vacuuming the floor. There'll be a robot mopping the floor. There'll be a robot going around the store checking for gaps that maybe fills them, maybe doesn't, but we'll know where all the products are in the back stock for the morning. So the, the world's going to change. Um, yeah, I saw an interesting collaboration. It may have been Primark again, may not. Um, they're doing... I think it was Netflix clothing or Spotify clothing or yeah. it was one or the yeah. other. Yeah. So again, yeah. not sure I need a spot. Tapping into the zeitgeist there. Um, but on, on the robots bit, um, obviously robots are very unlikely to resign, although you probably would have seen the story of the Travelodge uh, robot Hoover who made an escape from yeah. uh, a hotel and was found hidden, uh, hiding itself under a hedge. So maybe, maybe the robots are becoming intelligent i was going to say we're we're into terminator world now so (laughs) so we'll we'll pause on that note i think uh, thanks for coming back good to reflect because certainly a lot's happened since we last spoke and i'm sure we'll catch up again soon hope so thanks Simon.